Tim Bryant here. Welcome to my first ever podcast. Yes, they told me you're going to podcast, so I'm podcasting. I always thought podcasting was that thing broadcasters did after they got fired, right? Hey, I still got a podcast. Listen to me on podcasting. Well, I'm still working, still gainfully employed, but here it is. And I'm uh, happy to share with you here about 30 minutes worth of conversation with a candidate, Kelly Gertz. He's an Athens Clark County Commissioner, has been uh, since his election back in 2006, wants to be the next mayor of Athens. Had an opportunity to sit down with him. Our first podcast, our conversation with Kelly Gertz, Athens Clark County Commissioner and candidate for mayor. Commissioner Gertz, thanks for your time this morning. Very excited to be here, Tim. Uh, the announcement of yesterday is that the announcement itself will be made uh, with a rally you're going to hold on September the 9th. September 9th at the Linden House, 10 a.m., right. downtown Athens. Very happy to have folks out. We're going to have some coffee and biscuits. Mm-hmm. So if the speechifying doesn't entice you, then uh, <laughs> maybe a little breakfast will. What I haven't even looked. What day of the week is that? That is a Saturday. That's a Saturday, Saturday morning. morning. Exactly. Saturday morning. Yeah, I mean, oh, the, the yeah. stars are lining. Yeah. All right. Uh, why? why? Why do you want to be the mayor? You know, I've, I've been here for almost 25 years, been working with the public here for 20 years in my capacity as a middle school and high school teacher and, and then administrator, and now 10 years on the county commission. And I've had the opportunity to meet lots of people and do some great work, but also see some fantastic opportunities that we have ahead of us, uh, opportunities really for everybody from that family who just wants to have a safe neighborhood to live in to those high school kids who want to launch a career, to the small businesses that want to expand, to those folks who are looking to nab the next big fish like we did with Caterpillar. And so I want to make those opportunities happen for people in Athens, and, and I want to make them broad opportunities that everybody can take part in. All right, something of a crowded field already. And as we always say, nobody's a candidate until they qualify. You'll know when qualifying is. Qualifying it? March, March. That's right. Thing is three months in advance. Uh, and the election itself, May of, of May next 22nd. Year, May 22nd, the primary. Or not a primary, it's actually the yeah, election. It, it, you know? it is, right. Yeah, yeah. we've been nonpartisan yeah, for exactly. about 12 years now. Uh, so, yeah, in May. Uh, so we're not, a little less than a year out on this thing. And already five candidates who've announced uh, Richie Knight, Antoine Stevens, and Sam Thomas. And the name that everybody will know, in addition to Kelly Gertz, mm-hmm. is that of, of Athens Clark County Commissioner Harry Sims. Uh, the two of you have that in common. A lot of time behind the rail. He's probably got twice as much as you. He's been a commissioner for as long as I've been here. 25 and that's years. Close to 20 years. So, yeah, he's, he's been behind that rail for a good long time. I don't expect you to. If you were, if you were to start coming out and slamming Harry Sims and saying all sorts of bad things about Harry Sims, you'd be the first guy I ever heard do that. I mean, well, this I, is a I good tell man you, and a good commissioner. People don't want to hear trash in yeah. a local race, and, and people don't deserve that. And I've told everybody this is going to be an overtly and emphatically positive campaign. We're going to focus on the vision we have for opportunity and for connection between the different segments of town, whether they're different economic segments or social segments or racial segments or the different pieces of the geography. And I think that message is going to resound. And it's going to resound because people are looking for opportunity. People have a pent-up desire to see Athens take it to the next level. And so I've been clear with everybody I've spoken with from my campaign staff on out that, um, you know, that, that this isn't about the other folks in the race. You know, I, I wish them well in their lives, and uh, I've had great interactions with many of them. But this is about moving our message into reality. And I think that's where the voters of Athens are, are going to see me as the critical candidate because I'm the person who's been able to articulate that message, and I've been able to put opportunity on the ground. Uh, that said, people are going to look at the two of you specifically because mm-hmm. of your roles on the commission. They're going to look for differences and distinctions. Where do you draw those? Well, uh, as I mentioned, what, what I see myself as having done, and I think anybody would who objectively evaluates it, is bringing new ideas to the table. You know, whether those are new ideas for environmental quality, whether those are new ideas for transportation, whether those are new ideas for youth development, bring those ideas to the table and bringing them to fruition. 
in the in the way that I was able to bring additional bus service to fruition. Well, let's start with it. I was sure. on your website earlier this morning, mm-hmm. Kelly Gertz, Anthony's Clark County Commissioner and candidate from it, 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 KellyGertz.com or something. VoteGertz.com. G-I-R-T-Z. VoteGertz.com. And any number of issues, you rattle off a few of them there. And in no particular order, let's let's just begin to run through them in, in the time that we have allotted here. Great. Uh, downtown. You mentioned downtown, and obviously there, there's a, a downtown master plan. There's a downtown development authority. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's such, such a big job. We've got two people running as, as, as the right. department directors down there. Uh, I, I was struck by something that people said during the course of uh, the discussion about whether they have fireworks downtown mm-hmm. on the 4th of July, which we evidently did, and, and mm-hmm. it was great success that particular weekend. Uh, people noted that, you know, it was that one time when everybody came downtown, all the different demographics. We had different races and different ethnicities and mm-hmm. genders. and so It made me... If if that's what it takes, what's the problem downtown? What's what's what? Why why is that notable that suddenly we have for that one occasion this diverse cross section of the community downtown? Why don't we always? Well, you know, you've had this historical path that really you you can trace from back in the 1950s of downtown becoming less diverse. You know, in in 1950, downtown was a pretty darn diverse place. You had African American owned businesses. You had a lot of small family homes. You, you had, you know, your your wealthy businesses. You, you had a lot of different things happening through the period of, you know, what was called urban renewal uh, in the 1960s. You really had a, a less diverse downtown created. You had 260 parcels that were seized by the, the local city of Athens government with the opportunity of the federal government dollars that flowed. Um, and, and, and that began to sort of make less diversity downtown. You follow that with the Hope Scholarship in the 90s, the money that's flooded into the university system, the very understandable desire of the university population to want to live in close proximity to campus, and the understanding by developers that you've got your most dense zoning category opportunity downtown. And so that really has made downtown sort of a more single-faceted thing than it needs to be, than it ought to be. And that has just increased exponentially in recent years. We look at the skyline downtown. We sure. see the stuff that's being built as we speak, uh, and most of that is uh, that student housing you were just talking about there. Right. What we have now, though, is we have a geographically expanded downtown. You mentioned the two Athens Downtown Development Authority directors, and in conjunction with those two individuals, David Lynn and um, Linda, Ford. Linda Ford moving into their seats, you had a downtown development district that geographically more than doubled in size that took in a lot of areas all the way down to the river, um, really all the way over to the railroad tracks on College Avenue. And so there's a lot of redevelopment opportunity there. We've got a chance to bring in an innovation district on the river that's been discussed for quite some time that really we're now partnering with the university and others to bring to fruition. We've got the opportunity to take places like the Bethel Midtown Village and redevelop them where there's not only affordable housing opportunity, but housing opportunity for professionals and for seniors that's and others. That, yeah, that, that mixed income housing concept. We're Absolutely. seeing that applied in, in a couple of different places around town. And I, I, I don't want to give you credit if it's not deserved, but that's something was that I don't want to say your idea, but that's something I, you I were certainly championing. promoted that for quite some time because when you're a two year old or five year old or ten year old kid, I mean you deserve to grow up even if your parents happen to be poor in a place where you can walk somewhere and see somebody other than just those struggling folks in the same struggling circumstances you're in, where you can have the opportunity to talk to somebody who is a retired university professor or somebody who's going to work at their PR firm or their other business. 
And, and so socially, that's an important dynamic How to have. How is it working where it's being tried? I mean, because it's one thing to conceptualize something like mm-hmm. that. It's something else to, to get the folks who are more affluent to want to live in those places. Absolutely. D- downtown, we've got a great opportunity, though, because people want to be close to downtown. You know, that's why you see these six- and seven-story buildings going up, because there's a pent-up desire to be close in town. You know, I live on Pulaski Street, Tim, and I just look at the property values in my neighborhood over the last 20 years that I've lived there escalate, because that's where where people want to be. So that's an ideal place to do this. When you look at the national data, all the folks who've done case studies of these say it's not a dynamic without challenge. It's not a dynamic in which you just walk in and have an easy opportunity, but it's a much healthier one. It's a one that if you put the resources in place can be better, can be safer, can be a stronger neighborhood, and can provide more opportunity, again, for those young people coming up all the way through the rest of their lives. All right, Kelly Gertz, Athens Clark County. I already see where this is going. you got like eight issues on your website. We just went through one of them. An election later this year, Kelly Gertz, and you're the candidate for mayor on Athens Clark County Commissioner mm-hmm. Kelly Gertz. Let's just go ahead and talk about this. Uh, November, going to have the transportation sales tax referendum on the ballot there. And you folks on the commission, are you still working on this to find out right now we, we don't are. really have the completed list, do we? I, I think we've got pretty close to a completed list. We're going to have a work session this coming Tuesday at the Doherty Street building at 530 to, to really have the final conversation before the vote. Um, th- th- this has deservedly had a lot of conversation. A citizen committee was appointed, like with our other SPLOS mm-hmm. packages in the past, that reviewed applications, some by inside the government and some by folks outside the government, for transportation components. How many, how did, let's go through the parameters, mm-hmm. how many years, how much money we're talking about? Here? So we're talking about five years. Mm-hmm. And however much sales tax that generates over the course of five years. Now, don't you have to have a target? Yeah. Now, now in this case, we do not. In the the 2011 SPLOST, um, we took the opportunity that the state provides to use a target dollar value. And you cease the the tax when you reach the target or the number of years, whichever comes first. Exactly. And, of course, that was driven in part by the large cost of of the jail that's Mm -hmm. now complete. Um, But for this one, it's going to be a time-bound program. Anticipated to be somewhere in the $110 million range, just over $20 million a year in sales tax receipts is what we anticipate. And we've seen that slowly growing over Mm -hmm. the years, and so that's been healthy and good. Um, This is, of course, a program that's in some ways in its second generation. The first generation, you may remember from about 2010, was one that was devised as a regional program. Uh, Augusta and Columbus and mm-hmm. the kind of middle Georgia area around Dublin and Vidalia uh, all took advantage. There were 12 regions and nine of them voted it down, Athens being one of them. Correct. Athens actually, you'll remember this, mm-hmm. uh, obviously Athens voted yes. Yes. Uh, but the, the yeah, counties that surrounded us uh, the, kind of you know, overwhelmed yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Sure. So, you know, the same dynamic that you see in mm-hmm. congressional, congressional races, race, for yeah. example. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So um, th- those counties that have already adopted this, again, Columbus, Augusta, Richmond, and others, ha- have found great success. And they've really been able to put a lot of activity on the ground that they would not have otherwise. I already see, and you see this too, I'm sure, people dividing into camps on this. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I want roads and I want bike paths. I sure. want walking paths. I want trails. I want transit. Uh, people are just dividing into little camps on this. Well, everybody has projects for which they are personal advocates that they see as critical. What I think we've done a good job of, and the Citizen Committee deserves the biggest part of the praise for this, is bringing a real balanced package forward. So somewhere around 45% of the projects in the most recent draft are bike and pedestrian, and then you have a, a large chunk of road repaving. Mm-hmm. You have some bridge replacement. Any new roads? 
Uh, any new roads? Good question. Uh, none that are indicated, but you may have some road upgrades and some specific to corridors. So l- let's look at the Atlanta Highway as an example. You've got uh, a corridor that largely was built out in the 60s and 70s and very early 1980s that is in some ways functionally obsolete and needs better inter- interconnection, needs better intersection development. And so it will help us get there and do that. Um, and, and we see that as critical. You know, the reality is that, you know, when you have aging infrastructure, that infrastructure has got to be replaced and it's got to be brought up to contemporary standards, which is why ahead of the opportunity that the General Assembly gave us to run this referendum, you had the State Chamber of Commerce and others saying, listen, we are going to have to have across the state a rapid increase in the availability of good, solid, contemporary infrastructure. Those folks were saying, we need well over a billion dollars a year of spending. So, of course, the state rejiggered the fuel tax Mm. formula and put that $5 per night uh, hotel motel tax in place. And and that brought us short of that, about $900 a year. They said localities are really going to have to step in and make up the difference. And so that's where T-SPLOST came in. It's this opportunity to really partner with some of the big picture work that the state is doing on these local needs. Let's talk about some of the local stuff, too. Kelly Gertz, Athens Clark County Commissioner, some components of this and a couple of things. Mm -hmm. You mentioned bike and walking. The, the, The phrase or the word that I keep hearing there, the operative word connectivity what we have is fine it's just not connected we absolutely can't get from here to there that's right and here we are we're the smallest footprint in the state in a county tim you ought to be able to get safely from your neighborhood to be able to will go to the this store. package and again it's still a work in progress but will this list of projects enhance that I- enormously enhance it tim enormously enhance it so let's look at a case like the firefly trail mm-hmm. where anybody who is in that spring valley and winterville road corridor will be able to get into a node at winterville or a node on a coney street and be able to safely access schools and employment you know my office in with the foothills charter high schools up in danielsville and of course i live in central athens And so I travel up and down Highway 106 and Highway 29 almost every day. And I see people walking in the weeds and in the Mm. ditches just to get to work. This is going to provide an opportunity for those folks to safely get to work and safely get to school. Athens Clark County Commissioner and mayoral candidate Kelly Gertz here. I I know you folks are catching a lot of flack about Chase Street uh, and and the reconfiguration there to the point where they're talking about reconfiguring the reconfiguration. Now, where is this? uh, What's going to end up? Two really reasonable things to say about this. And I said at the meeting that we had on Tuesday night that both the business interests in that Chase and Newton Street corridor and the alternative transportation advocates really are saying about the same thing, that when we restripe Chase Street, We thought about it too much in isolation. We really didn't think about it broadly, thinking about the connecting roads, thinking about the surrounding areas. And that's where we need to take our roads policy, is to be thinking in a network kind of manner. And fortunately, we're moving in that direction. I'll I'll say we've got strong support in the Transportation Public Works Department and Drew Ressler, who's been department head there for about six months, and in the manager's office with Blaine Williams and and his staff. And, and, And I think we are really turning the page. And instead of looking at our road and transportation needs in isolation, thinking about them as big picture needs where we're connecting to other places. And so specifically there on Chase Street, what we're going to do is engage the consultant who already is putting together our pedestrian and bike master plan 
and looking at that node and saying, all right, if you think about Barber Street and Newton Bridge and Chase Street and Tracy Street and Oneida Street, the cross streets there, if you think about the fact that that Southern Mills property where Creature Comforts Mm -hmm. is moving in their expansion and that's going to have hundreds of condos in, and you think about that area there that really has sort of blown up around Tracy Street where you've got the art studios and the canopy studio. And you think about that area of Newton Bridge Road where you've already got power partners, but you're also getting, you know, the one, one of the what's going to be one of the only vinyl yeah. presses in the nation, the Kidderport routine, there. Terrapin out there. That's right. If you think about all of that activity and you think about the former General Times site, which, of course, made clocks and watches sure. for ages and was shuttered back in the 80s, you're going to see a massive amount of development there. And you're going to see development where people need to get safely from place to place on foot, on bike and behind the wheel of their car and so we're, we're now going to take that approach and and, and so uh, you know I, I i think that the folks who came to us to speak about this were all correct you know we were taking a new too narrow approach and we've turned the corner to take it well, but that's you know you mentioned having to think about not only the road itself but mm-hmm. also the, the the side roads and the, the surrounding neighborhoods prince is a perfect example all this talk about traffic calming on prince doing this that the other thing to prince a lot of that's still in the discussion stages uh but one of the things that is suggested is that okay you, you do certain things to slow traffic on prince the unintended consequence will manifest itself on oh i don't know boulevard sure that, that that's exactly right you know i mean the the, the data does show that um, when you have a road diet, for example, when you move from uh, four vehicular lanes to three vehicular mm-hmm. lanes, maybe with some other a- activity as well, you know, you do defer about 10% of that traffic to other places. Now, some of it may return over time. And so the, the two-year horizon is always different than the six-week horizon. Um, and, and that's one of the things that you, you do remind people just in sheer engineering terms when you've got road changes is that, you know, if things seem dicey four weeks into a You want to project, see a lab experiment of mm-hmm. that? Look at what happened in Atlanta when they lost that 85 bridge for mm-hmm. however many weeks that was. Uh, That's right, and, yeah. And people found other ways to go, and, and then people returned to their old ways of doing things when That's the bridge right. reopens. Absolutely. And so you're always going to see these kind of short-term phenomenon that don't necessarily translate into long-term phenomenon. But but the big picture phenomenon really is that, you know, we need to be able to get around safely from just about any populated segment of Athens-Clark County to any other one, as small as we are. And, of course, our transportation network is going to look different than Walton County's network is going to look or Barrow County's network is going to look sort of as spread out and disparate as those places might be. We're much more concentrated. Mm -hmm. And being more concentrated comes with some distinct benefits in that you can get from one place to another in this community relatively quickly. You know, I find myself sometimes on Highway 78 right there by the the intersection uh, of the loop just into the east side there by the movie theater and i find myself cussing behind the wheel and thinking oh my god i can't believe i (laughs) had to sit through two lights and and then i flash back 30 years to when i was growing up in norfolk virginia and i think uh, you know any trip to the grocery store was a 45 minute endeavor then so i've got it good right now by comparison really feels that we do in radio it's called time spent listening most listening in cars you're not in your car that long in athens all right well we're trying we're we're gonna try and move them along no, no, no slow them down so they listen longer that's what i'm 
podcasting, Tim. Thank you, and we're about to start on that. What is the geography of District 9? So, so District 9 includes the neighborhood where I live, Pulaski Heights, mm-hmm. and uh, Newtown in town, the kind of Ruth and North Avenue area, and then kind of stemming up to include Highway 72 and 29. So that includes Athens Tech, most mm-hmm. of the industrial park, and, and then sort of outlying agricultural land that's on the Jackson-Madison County line. Running for mayors, we've mentioned uh, other candidates, Harry Sims, also an Athens Clark County Commissioner, Antoine Stevens, Richie Knight, Sam Thomas, all have announced uh, the qualifying in March of next year, the election in May of next year, the ultimate winner. And this is just an odd quirk of the calendar. There, there's there's things that may need to be discussed here. But we're going to elect somebody uh, who's going to wait six months to take office. That, that, that is an interesting phenomenon. And I will say I have uh, repeatedly appealed to our General Assembly delegation to move our local nonpartisan elections back to November, where they were for quite some time. Uh, it, it's simply better for the voters, particularly in a town like this where you have a large university population that vacates uh, in early May. And in November, you have large turnout already. So, you know, alternately, you have either the gubernatorial election or the presidential election. And so uh, it really is the fairest thing to do, I believe, for the majority of the voters to have them come together to have these elections at the same time. Speaking of that, and you may catch a break here. I mean, I have been critical of the decision, uh, and I guess it was a commission decision, to hold the T-SPLOST referendum. We were just talking about that. And in November of 2017, it would be the only thing on the ballot. And Well, maybe, maybe not now. If we Yeah, get depending the, on what happens with the state house exactly, and some other things. Exactly. Certainly. So, so there may be something that gins up the turnout there. But uh, we'll move on to something quickly. But, but quickly, the the decision to, as it was, put that up there by itself. I, I gather the idea was that if you wait till 2018, you're a year behind the work you want to get. That's done. right. There's a lot of pent up demand, you know. So if you think in the, you know, alternative transportation needs, you know, I described some of those earlier, and the need for folks to get to work and school safely. Um, in in sort of the road resurfacing, we've got essentially what now is about a $25 million backlog, a deficit, streets that should have been repaved already. And so we wanted to get work on, done on that as soon as possible. And I think the electorate wants that. The people of the community want solid infrastructure. It's one of the things that local government really has their core responsibility around is making sure that you can lay out the path to do what you need to do, whether that's to get to work, to bring your business in because you've got good fiber lines, or, or to make sure when you flush your toilet it goes somewhere and is safely taken care of. <laughs> Kelly Gertz, Athens Clark County Commissioner, candidate for mayor. The website, uh, votegertz.com. I mentioned you can go there, and I was doing it earlier this morning, just flip around any number of issues you addressed. We've talked about several of them. A couple of more. Uh, you mentioned core functions of local government. Mm-hmm. None more core, none more essential than public safety. And you, you go into great detail about what you want to see happen there. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I think anybody who looks at our budget or has been around local government for quite some time knows that really more than half of our general operating fund budget goes to public safety right now and largely the criminal justice system. So we're talking about the courts and the jail and the police department and the prosecutors and the defenders. And when you're spending $55 million a year on that collection of items I just mentioned. Plus fire. Plus fire, right, which is another $10 million, You, you want to make sure that that set of functions is as well honed as possible. Because if you can cut the cost curve on those things by just 2 or 3%, you're saving yourself millions of dollars a year. So we ought to be really thinking about the interconnection between those units. We really ought to be thinking a lot about how you know, jail nights are operating. 
Um, some folks may have read a piece that was in the New York Times, co-authored this week by um, Senators Kamala Harris and Rand Paul, who, uh, you know, I'm sure will be in a, a buddy cop movie at some point together. <laughs> yeah, uh, very different folks yeah, from sure. different sides of the aisle. But but both agree that a critical need in the United States broadly, and this is absolutely true in Athens, is to take a look at how long we're keeping pretrial folks in jail and why we're keeping them there. A lot of communities have gone to a screening mechanism in which you're really looking at is somebody any kind of flight risk or is there an alternative other than putting people in that jail while they're waiting trial and the communities that have pursued this which we've begun to do through our diversion center have seen safety benefits and they've seen big cost savings and so this is the kind of thing that i want us to look at as a community in addition we very much need to think about the physical array of our community there's a, a big gathering of police information um, around safety by design. And so I talked about some of those areas ripe for uh, renovation downtown. And, and it's true throughout the community. You find a lot of these apartment complexes that were built in the 60s and 70s that not only were poorly designed for human habitation, have crumbling infrastructure underneath them, but really were poorly designed for safety as well. Sight lines are poor. Ingress and egress is poor. So whether you're talking about safety in your vehicle or safety from crime, we have a lot of strides we can make forward. Well, one of the things, uh, and Mayor Denson uh, talked about this uh, four years ago, the, the 2014 campaign anyway, uh, understanding there are federal laws and state laws that, that are obviously in play here. Uh, should Athens-Clark County, as a government, have a quote-unquote marijuana policy? We're going to arrest these people. We're not going to arrest those. They're already doing this in Clarksville, talking about doing it elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, what should Athens-Clark County do? Should we? Yes. And, and here's how I would frame oh, that policy. Clarksville, Clark Stun. Clark Stun, correct. Yeah, yeah, Clark Stun. And the city of Atlanta has had a, a series of discussions about this recently as well. We know that substance abuse is a public health issue. We know people get into substance abuse problems as individuals, people who I know and you know, members of our family, our friends, because they have challenging things going on in their lives. And if we can address this as a public health matter, and if we can help those folks find treatment, then we need to go ahead and pull them out of jail and not have them consume our jail nights, but in fact steer them toward treatment. What's the what's the authority that local government has to do that, to act in that arena? Again, there are federal laws, there are state laws. There are. And so there's certainly diversity of opinion about whether or not local governments in Georgia can do this. But whether it's going to be us acting on our own or us acting in conjunction with the state, who I think really has done, and, and you know, and I'm certainly on the left, a progressive person, but, but I'll, I'll give props to the state government for having done some great criminal justice reform over the last five or eight years. I think they understand that we're not going to arrest our way out of a low-level marijuana problem or any other drug problem. All right, Kelly Gertz, uh, economic development. You could argue that everything we have discussed mm-hmm. to this point is an economic yeah. development conversation. But you talked about early on and it, it, this idea of hitting another home run, another caterpillar. I don't know if we hit another home run ever. Uh, you can still mm-hmm. win a lot of games hitting singles and doubles. That's right. What I would say to anybody out there is we, we really need to have a four-dimensional economic development strategy. 
where we're thinking about the range of business opportunities from that two-person operation that wants to be a four-person operation next year all the way up to those caterpillar scale things and we need to be seeding all of those opportunities with infrastructure with engagement with training and we also need to be thinking about the cross-section of individuals out there from that kid who's being born right now over in saint mary's or athens regional or piedmont hospital to those kids graduating high school, to those folks who are coming out of the university and love living in Athens and would love to stick around and have a professional class job. And we need to be thinking over a continuum of time. So we need to be thinking, what can we do next year? Because there's some low-hanging fruit. We partner with organizations already out there, like the Small Business Development Center at the university. But we can also be putting this infrastructure in place so that 10 years from now, and putting the early childhood education piece in place so that 20 years from now, we've got a strong economic development set of opportunities, too. In my house off Timothy Road, I can listen uh, during the course of the day and hear the construction from just across the county line in Oconee County. Mm-hmm. They're clearing the land. They're about to be a whole new major commercial sure. development out there, and all the concern and a lot of the business here goes there. What, if anything, is the role of local government, the mayor, the commission to play in that? We need to make sure that this is an attractive place as reasonably possible to put businesses. You know, the, the reality of the Epps Bridge development there in Oconee County is that it comes with the cross current of the state's highway development plan that was put in place in the early 1990s in which 316 was brought into Athens on that corridor and, and the sheer demographics of Oconee County where the median income is twice what it is in Clark. And so that's driving that development. And I want to tell everybody that the sky is not falling. Our tax base is continuing to grow. Our sales tax base is continuing to grow. We've put in hundreds of thousands of square feet of retail space downtown and on the Highway 72 and 29 corridor. And we've backfilled Atlanta highway developments that have gone briefly vacant. Now, we can do a lot more by making sure that we have contemporary roads that are easy to get in and out of. And the whole area is expanding. You know, we're seeing the population grow not only in Athens. You know, it's grown 25,000 people in the last 18 years. But we were also seeing it grow in surrounding counties. So this isn't a zero-sum game. You know, the chicken little, the sky is not falling. We don't need to be so worried about that. But we do need to do as good a job as we can making Athens attractive for business. Uh, VoteGertz.com is the website. Kelly Gertz, the, the rally itself, the announcement rally, if you will, September 9th. That's a Saturday, 10 o'clock at the Linden House. You the said? Linden House downtown, correct. Running from here. Kelly Gertz, thanks for coming in this morning. Thanks so much. Mission Tim Possible, we call this podcast. I appreciate you listening. Our first one out of the gate. Tim Bryant, thanks for listening. And catch us Monday through Friday. 6 till 10 each morning. Classic to today on Fox News WGAU.